right. Well, welcome back to another Reeducation Experience podcast, a Modern Realtors Playbook. Today, I'm back uh, with another amazing and accomplished guest. Uh, this lady is someone I met years ago, back when I was building out my independent brokerage. I think this was probably, give or take, somewhere around 2017 when you and I connected Yeah. yeah. with a mutual friend, a mutual business acquaintance. And I got to tell you, I probably never told you this, but right from that initial conversation, I knew you were special and was a, like a serious force to be reckoned with in this business. And I've been just watching you and the journey unfold. It's just been an awesome thing to watch from the sidelines cheering you on. So um, today, today's guest is none other than uh, Amy Youngren, founder of the North Group in kind of Toronto, Ontario. Uh, Amy and I met when we were at separate firms, and mm -hmm. now we find ourselves reignited and realigned in our mutual paths helping real brokerage grow across North America. So that's something I don't think any you or I ever thought was going to happen. So for sure, for sure. <laughs> Amy herself, she, you know, been a one a top 1% mm -hmm. agent for years and years and years plus the North Group since their inception is closing on a billion dollars worth of sales and this is just only just passed going... it actually. Oh, did just you? passed it. Yeah. <laughs> That's like, and that's only since 2017, I think, based on some of the research I did. So that's fast. Um, helped well over 300, probably near 400 clients and continues to build this awesome team. I think I mean, you might be wrong, but you might tell me wrong. You're around 18 people, give or take in the in the organization, just like your own North Group team. Is that right? Yeah, include, including staff. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. We would be around that. We're, we, we hover in that 15 to 18 mark, but we're in growth mode right now. We had a new team partner join us last week, another one this week, another one's coming in the week following. So we're excited. Yeah. So Amy, yeah, welcome to the podcast. Thank you. That was, that was a really nice introduction. You like filled my bucket. <laughs> <laughs> now, you. I know I've left out a bunch of stuff, as I always do. I know uh -huh. you are a massively proud auntie of like a million it seems like there's yeah. a million of these nephews and nieces. There's nine, but it, there might as well be a million if there's nine. So, <laughs> you yeah. just never know, right? So mm -hmm. from the outside looking in, I can tell you pour a lot of love into your, your family, yeah. your extended family. I you mean, you're, you're a massive supporter of your sister and her business. I've seen you launch and support some of that stuff, which is really mm -hmm. cool. You also tag yourself as an investor. Uh, and I know you're, you know, you're probably too humble to say, but this budding, awesome keynote speaker. So, I mean, those are the other things I just think about you. So, I mean, uh, yeah, that's why she's on this show. Cause we can pull from so much of your experience. Anything else I missed? No, I feel like I'm like, who is this girl you're talking about? She sounds cool. You can know I why I her. wanted to have her on the podcast. Now. <laughs> it's awesome. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, you're welcome. We could go a lot of ways with your experience, and I've got, I've, you know, I've, we're we're somewhere in the mid fifties on my episodes now in these conversations. It's amazing. I thought I would start um, and dig into when I was out at the TSX event with you. You and I mm -hmm. were chatting over dinner, and you mm -hmm. mentioned about your 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 event planning background. <laughs> Right. And that experience, yeah. I don't know if you look back on it fondly or if you, <clears throat> if you love that, but I know it's also translated into some oh. of the beautiful and incredible marketing that you've pulled off with mm. North Group. Could you share a little bit about that? Yeah, of course. For me, um, everything that I do is an event. Like I almost throw every team meeting as its own individual event, you know, every fun team get together, any, like even if we're hosting an online virtual summit or a live in-person event, for me, it's all about 
what's going to be the flow? How are people going to feel? What, are, you know, what music are they listening to when they come into the room? You know, um, I was, uh, I was corporate in the real estate industry before I got into sales. And in that role, I held an event planning position where I was part of a two, like myself and one other person, we were responsible for planning our two to three person, sorry, two to 3000 person conventions uh, or like quarterly broker trainings or summits and things like that. So um, that's where I got my kind of my feet wet on the event space. And, you know, I was lucky in that role to have a corporate budget behind me. Um, but I've taken that in this now I really apply. Like, I, I think that everything that we do with events is based on like the experience and how people feel and what they're going to walk away with and leave with. And I, so I've just brought that into team building, real estate, a listing consultation, an agent attraction event, a training of any sort. So yeah, it, that's how it translates over into like my day-to-day -day business now. I mean, I didn't, I didn't, I didn't hear that answer from you, but in just looking into Oh, did I not answer the question? No, 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 no. Oh. When, when I wrote that question for you, um, I didn't know um, what you were going to say. But as you say that, Amy, in, in watching you know, North Group pull together, seeing what you do with Bigger 2023, you know, what you do with ClabCon. And even in your own marketing, when I pop on your website to, to look about like, what's the, mm. the seller experience like working with you? Your right. one statement of, I think of everything as an event just sums it up beautifully. It mm -hmm. makes sense to me when I watch your workflow and what you put out to the world that you look through that lens. And I think that's a really neat takeaway for any agent just five minutes into this podcast to say, yeah. I mean, that's <clears throat> a great way to play. Any Anything to add to that? No, I think, and then I think, the most important part of an event is how people feel mm. how, what the value that they receive from it. Right. So then everything, I mean, we can go, that could be like the entire podcast. We could talk about that, but the, the, the depth of the experience, um, how you make people feel and how, you know, what they walk away with, what they've learned, how, how the, the experience overall, I think is the most important part of the event. And you can do that simply at a listing consultation you can do that as something as simple as a listing consultation or a two three hundred two three thousand person event so yeah. i take it into i take it granular right into my listing appointments but i and to our team meetings but i i go full out when when we're having a big event as well Totally. Like when I, when I look at the aesthetic for which you put out to the world and what the, you know, just the beautiful branding parts, but there's, it's, it's beautiful. Yes. But I think the secret sauce is how clear, how concise, and it's really easy to feel what you want them to feel. When I look through your stuff, it's like, I know where you're going with that. How did you get to that clarity? And how, I know a lot of agents think brand, and, and they have, they struggle with just def the defining truly who you guys are. Can you walk us mm -hmm. through that client, you know, that client creation journey mm -hmm. and uh, anything that, you know, you've helped agents kind of do uh, in, in that, in that conversation? Well, I think it's really cool that you say that because if you look at the definition of North, it's being, it's, you know, what your true North is, it's, it's being crystal clear and knowing the direction that you're going. And that's actually like the, the, the meaning behind North group. Um, there's a little bit more to it outside of that as well, but um, that's ultimately sort of the vision and the direction behind the actual name. As far as as what we're doing um, as a company, as a team, like our our brand, 
that came from just my passion for aesthetic, my passion for design, my passion for fashion. So I always look out, I, I, I looked outside the industry for my inspiration when we were coming up with our brand and our identity. We didn't hire at the time, but this, and this always evolves. Um, you know, when you think about brand and you think about your brand presence and marketing, it's going to always, it's going to always evolve, or at least it should. And now actually we're at a season where we just passed our six year anniversary and I'm looking at our brand going, okay, I think it might be time to time for a refresh time to look at, you know, is there any adjustments or changes that we should make, but to digress on my, my comment, um, uh, the, the vision of North Group was mine, the name was mine, and I brought that to our team. I brought the vision and, and you know, the message to our team, but we together collectively came up with our mantra, which is real estate experiences worth talking about. And so, and then we build all of our, we build our marketing around that. So we build everything around what North Group is and stands for, and then our mantra and we came up with that as a team. And we literally just like whiteboarded one day. We whiteboarded all the things that were important to us, all the like keywords, the buzzwords, the things that really matter in the client experience. And the word experience just kept coming up over and over and over again. Um, and, that, and that's how we came up with it. But I will tell you, just in true um, transparency, we did not have the word real estate in our slogan when we first started. We did not add the word real estate until two years ago. So we were four years in the business when an, um, we had a meeting with like a, um, a, a Google expert, actually. And he said, he was like, there's nothing about the immediate aspect of your marketing or your website that tells me you're in real estate. And it like rocked my world. And right. I'm probably going to make myself look bad by saying this, but you know, these are, these are important things. Nobody teaches you this stuff in school. First of all, you just learn like <laughs> the school of hard knocks is, which is real estate. Um, and so immediately we just added the words real estate to our slogan so that we could, you know, we could make it very clear the second you go on our marketing, the second you see our Instagram, the second you go on our website, that we're a real estate company. That Isn't that funny? Lesson. That was a learning lesson. <laughs> well, you know, I, it, I, I'll be just fully transparent. What I walked in from before this was um, a conversation with a local Google expert and something that we're trying to do at Redline is again, to, to better foundationally be present online. And I, and I can't believe I've been doing this for so long without some of the foundation pieces that yeah. sometimes you can overlook. And again, like you said, no agents are taught Google my business. No agents are told no. some of these things. And no. it's just, there's so many directions to go. Yeah. Now, how early did you reach in and say, you know what, I need to bring on like an operations person. I know like I felt, mm. and I've seen it, it, that you've always relied, it seemingly very heavily on your operations manager. And Sarah was, Sarah, was yeah. it. And I think she's on mat leave, I think right now. She is. She just had her first baby and we're surviving. <laughs> <laughs> so like, tell me about that rule. When did yeah. you have the, like the noodles to say, I, I got to bring on somebody on a, probably a reasonable salary and say, I, mm -hmm. I, I want that operational support. And can you talk about that? Yeah, for sure. So uh, I was a solo agent at the time. Um, I had just actually finished a big development project where I had a good payday. And uh, I knew that I wanted to build a, a, a big business. And I knew that I eventually wanted to build a team. So I decided to take 
a one year of salary um, and set it aside so that we mm -hmm. could in, and invest it into the company so that, that we could grow and invest it into having that salary set aside. Because I knew that I needed to, I knew I knew I needed to buy back some of my time from a sales perspective, so I could focus on, or, on an operational perspective, so I could focus on more sales or growth, recruiting, things like that. I think I just got lucky with them. I honestly do. I get asked this question all the time. I hired a recruiter. I was brought four candidates. She was one of them. Um, but I don't think I was lucky in retaining her. I think I was strategic. And I think that that's what we can all learn. Um, and I learned it. So I learned it somewhere too. But, and I think it's even something that we can, you know, learn for with regard to anybody who works in our organization, whether it's an agent, somebody on staff, like whatever that role looks like, they're only going to stay or thrive to the level that we understand what their goals are and what they want to accomplish within the organization for their life, not yours, not for And that was the le lesson for me, even in team building, you know, he's like, you can't want for an agent, a lifestyle or a GCI goal that they don't want for themselves. And so the more, the quicker we as leaders can get deep on understanding what is important to our people, where do they see themselves going? What do they want? And then provide the platform for them to do that. And I think that's why Sarah and I still work together eight years later, even though she's on maternity leave, like we still talk and text regularly. Um, so she was my very first hire. We're still together, working together to this day. She got her license last year. She absolutely crushed her first six months of sales and then um, ended up and then had a baby. Um, but it was providing opportunities for her. It was like learning what was important to her and then opening those doors. So doors for her to do co some coaching, doors for her to have staff to manage doors for her to speak on stages and get in rooms and communities that she would maybe otherwise wouldn't have been in. So, and I when think you, we have to do, yeah, go ahead. Sorry. I was going to say, when you brought her on, was it first <laughs> to serve your needs or was it right from the idea of my needs plus scale, right? Yeah. Again, your timeline with this to a billion plus is actually pretty short, right? To go from solo producer to where you're at now. Did you have that intention right off the get go? Hundred, hundred percent. She tells the story that I don't even remember, and so, and I think it's because I'm getting old and we forget stuff. But she says that I pulled out a piece of paper and started drawing an org chart and what it was all gonna, what it was gonna start to look like in the next few years. So oh, yeah, Amazing. so there was definitely a there was definitely a growth conversation, and when I walked in that room, and when I met her. Um, and went through the interview process, which was a multi-meeting interview process, but I, I knew I wasn't, there's no way she would ever just come work for me as an admin or as an assistant. Sarah's never done a personal errand for me. She's never, like, that's not what I was bringing her on for, nor would I have ever been able to retain the caliber of, of you know, just who she is, like, in her expertise um, in that role, so... Did you, with that same message then, did you, over the years, have you brought on somebody to be more of the junior administration uh, yeah. that, that supports you directly and, and or is it just team-based? Yeah, no. So we're, right now we're actually a hundred, we're all of our services, a hundred percent team-based, but there's an aspect of the support that is for me, for me as well. 
not like not on the personal side that's separate but for, within the team from an op operational or admin perspective gotcha. um and we've really tried to tighten our um our sops we tried to tighten our processes and things like that so that we can you know have that high level employee in that role that coo operations director position and then have a lot of the other things executed through virtual assistance, which is what our, our model is right now. Gotcha. Now, not mm -hmm. only do you have you built that retention with your administration and your operations folks, like we just talked about, you've also <laughs> seemingly built such an incredible culture and the agents within the team are given, it seems like almost like carte blanche opportunity to grow and blossom and and be as big and loud and proud and, and as much as they want. And I think I shared with you, it's like when I look at agents like Sophie on your team mm -hmm. and how they've really, like, it doesn't feel like they're underneath somebody. It feels mm -hmm. like they are really building their mm -hmm. own big brand and there's just really loving the proximity and mm -hmm. the affiliation to North Group at mm -hmm. Real Broker. Yeah. That in itself under teams is hard to do because, yeah. you know, a lot of team leaders have an ego play and there's a bit of a, there's a bit of a push, but it seems mm -hmm. like you've found a way to not do that. Can you, can you talk about that a little bit? Yeah, it's something I'm super passionate about. I, I'm excited to talk about it. Um, I, our, our team part, our agents, number one, are partners. So we're all team partners. Um, team partner or senior partner, depending on production and, and tenure in the company. I, number one, them, you, they would never hear the words my team or under me ever come out of my mouth. Like I am a huge, I remember once I went to a real estate conference and I listened to a team leader say like my underlings, my agents under me, like those words. And I think I like shriveled up because I was so embarrassed for that person. I can't even like. I wanted more, so I need, because it was my idea, my vision, but like then as soon as that is done, now it's we, now it's us. But when I started North Group, I, I said to Sarah, let's build this, let's create this in a way of, to be the team that we would have joined if we had the opportunity. And that means that it's something where producers of all levels would be attracted to it and want to stay because they're not in competition with the Amy Younger team um, where my name and my face doesn't outshine theirs. So if you go to our North Group social media or our website, like there's nothing that puts me above anybody else. We're all on an equal playing field. In fact, I probably have less of a voice on our social than even our team partners do. And that's, the way we want it. That's the way we wanted to build it. And we have, we have top producers who have been with us for anywhere. Like right now, we currently have a top producer who does five, $600,000 in GCI a year. And he's been with us for seven years. We have had the same level of production for four years in a row, three years in a row. Um, those are long periods of time. The average agent stays on a team for 12 to 18 months at the longest. And then to be a top producer, to be at that level of production and to be uh, attached to a brand for three, four, seven years. Um, I think that there's something to be said about that. Uh, we don't, my name doesn't have to be attached to their marketing. My name doesn't have to be on their listings. Like everyone can come to North Group as an entrepreneur, attach, attach themselves to the brand and the platform so that they we can all go further faster. That's, that's the 
that's the whole vision behind what we're building. Um, and so that they, then they can exactly, like you said, like have their own voice, build their own name and their own brand and autonomy within the North Group umbrella. Yeah. I mean, I love that you do that. It's something I, sh something I've always shared as well, like, you know, our cultural, and I've always wanted Redline to not be about me. And you've seen evolutions. If you watch, if you go <laughs> all the way back through our social, you'll see there was moments when it might've been heavy myself and Brett, but then over time we adjusted it to change it. Cause I wanted it to feel like theirs. And now at yeah. real, yeah. At real redline to me actually isn't worth anything other than it's it's ours. We're all coast those yeah. in it. And I think when when agents feel that from the top down, it changes everything for them. They feel limitless, yeah. right? Yeah. Yeah. What are some yeah. like tactical yeah. things that you bring up from a cultural perspective that somebody might, you know, if you maybe even like what does a team meeting look like in your world? And how do how do you kind of like foster that cultural piece where we could, you know, share a few tactical things that maybe others don't do and they're like, shoot, yeah, I'm missing the boat on that, right? We we have a DJ at our team meetings because music is everything. <laughs> nice. <laughs> you have to create the right environment. So um we spend money. I I we we allocate an um budget towards like that team meeting experience, whether if it's virtual, we still have the music pumping as everybody's joining. If it's in person, we have a DJ. Um, now, is that every single week? No, of course not. But for anything that we do like that is more, you know, is special or event style, um, you can't, uh, you can't put a dollar amount on our Slack channel, our team, team Slack channel. Sure. It's incredible. And that was a tough one because, you know, often I think as small, smaller teams, we say like, oh, well, you know, where there's three of us, why would we need Slack? Well, you know, there's three of us, why would, you know, what, uh, you know, et cetera, et cetera. We started using it when it was just Sarah and I, and it was challenging. She's like, nope, this is, this is going to be the platform that we're going to grow on. I was like, why? Like, there's just me and you right now. Um, but then, you know, then Cody joined us and then, you know, a, a, two other agents joined us and we started to grow. And um, so that culture has been in, um, set in sort of ingrained in us right from the beginning of like we celebrate our wins. We talk about our new listings. We ask questions, um, birthday celebrations. Funny. We have a channel where everybody drops crazy pictures of their pets <laughs> Um, that evolved over time when people when when people were like, we need a pet channel at North Group. I'm like, perfect. <laughs> um, yeah, it's just I mean, it's just it's just the little things. And I think sometimes we as team leaders, like we plan things, like we plan events or we plan things that we think are what people want. But I just ask for a lot of input. I we do a feedback loop with our team every single quarter where people provide feedback. Um, it's a very very simple four question or four uh, tiered system, we asked them, what should we, uh, what should we keep doing? Like what's working? What should we stop doing that you hate or don't want? It's not important to you anymore. What should we start doing? And then what are you willing to contribute to, to the, to the culture and the growth and the brand? And, um, and we get that. And so we, I mean, we'll get, we, we provide a framework where like, uh, uh, you know, and uh, a framework for them to give answers based off of, you know, those four, those four um, topics, but um, we'll say things like last team meeting, well, you know, what worked about it, what didn't work about it, et cetera, et cetera. So we're constantly asking for feedback. And so we're doing things that they already, we know they want to do. We're providing training that we know they're looking for. 
we're um, it's, it's a it's a pretty open collaborative environment. Love it. Yeah, it's it, it's sometimes hard. Do you find it, what what happens when you integrate a new team member in, and there's always this really strong culture, and sometimes that can feel <laughs> overwhelming, and they're like, "Oh my gosh, I feel like I have to catch up." Do you find do you have any like integration ideas? Do you want to know what? I love that you just said that because what I'm finding now is that our social presence, and I mean, you can, you find this out in the interview process and I can tell if anybody's done their homework. The last two team partners, the one who we just actually announced this morning and the one who we announced last week, every like, and the one that we're in, in, in the final interview stages in the next week or two, every single one of them has come and said, I've been following you and I've been following North Group and like the length of time is mind blowing. So if you think social doesn't work, you're crazy. <laughs> Not you, <laughs> anybody who's listening to the sound of my voice. And so, and they say, there's, Darren, they're literally saying to me in the interview process, like your culture is contagious. Like I love your culture. I love your leadership style. I love how you elevate your agents. I love that people, we can build our own brand within, you know, your platform. So it's all, I don't even have to say it. I honestly don't have to say a word because it's coming out in what we're doing. And so when this morning, um, you know, typically our, our team meets someone before they join and they've like, they've actually interviewed with a couple of our team partners before, like that's part of our interview process. And then they join a team meeting. And so at the team meeting, everyone knows this agent is looking at their op opportunities with North Group and they get a chance to see our vibe and, 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 and how we work. But this morning, for, for various reasons, just because of, of, of like our office setup and a couple of things right now, um, for the first time we had somebody join us who hadn't, hadn't um, been at a team meeting. That's it. She'd met other agents, but she hadn't been at a team meeting. And our Slack channel blew up. It was like 8.30 this morning and I announced her, scared about her, put her Instagram profile so everyone can start following her. And within seconds, like, and then her response was, I can't wait to be a part of this family and to help, you know, continue to grow and to build together and to be a part of the culture. That, like, and people are saying this without, there's no cue. Yeah, it's there's no just, prompt for this. Yeah. No, no, not at all. Yeah, I love it. I mean, that's, you can <laughs> see that. Um, when good teams do well and they're they're willing to do this and uh, they share the stories, they share the behind the scenes, they really bring you into the the group rather than be very much like guarded. You see a lot of teams do that. It's only the polish. It's only the thing. Yeah. And it yeah. feels like there's no personality to those squads. And yeah. you guys are, of course, the opposite of that, which I love. Now, but we're still learning. We're still growing. We're still trying to figure it out. It's it's so far from perfect, and but it's uh, it's a work in progress. So. Totally. Well, you yeah. Speaking of you know, so you went down the path in your prior life, and you had offices in three. You had three different offices. Is that right? At one point. Yeah, and then we did. We had pulled it back actually, to the yeah. one. Is it just the one office now? Yeah. So we're one like one location, one office. Yeah. You know, the thing that they don't teach you in real estate school or, you know, if you or if you don't have an MBA where you get your real estate licenses is like the business savvy side of things. And, you know, I am very much like I'll go to conferences and I'm like absorb, absorb, absorb. OK, now, like, like, let's do this. Let's do this. Let's do that. 
I've changed a lot over the years, but that's exactly what happened to me was that I went to a big real estate conference, listened to every big team on that stage say that expansion was the way to build and grow, to open multiple locations. And so I just dove into it like head first, number one, prematurely, for sure. I should never have done it when I did. Timing, like timing was right. I zero regrets. I learned so, so much. Um, but I also didn't do enough due diligence before I did it. And it was not, um, basically long story short, we, we, (laughs) this is exactly what happened. I'm going to, I'm being super transparent. So I, I hope, no, I hope I'm not judged for this, but we, we've, um, went knee deep into it. We got to four locations and we got a notice from the Real Estate Council of Ontario, the registrar that said you have 30 days to shut all your locations down or you'll be fined and we will shut you down. So I got called to into a meeting and I literally sat across like, just like we are, except for that we were in person across from the registrar of the Real Estate Council of Ontario. And they said, Amy, they said, we are so proud of you as a realtor and of your brand and how you are a leader in our industry. But what you are doing does not comply with our code of ethics. The reason we know this is because there's somebody in the industry who's been following you and wanted us to know. So I basically had a competitor blow the whistle that a whistle that I didn't even know needed to be. Didn't even know, right? Yeah, I didn't even know. I had no idea. Our leadership didn't know. Like it's like nobody knew that we were doing anything uh, like ethically wrong. And then he just said, he's like, I'm sorry that I have to do this, but he's like, you have to shut down. They gave me 30 days or they, I was going to get a massive fine, like not a small fine. And this was a number of years ago. And I was like, I can't do this financially. So we folded every location and become, became one team under one address, one location. But that was at the time, that was a little to avant-garde for our industry. You know, right. the, the the provincial virtual cloud-based brokerage models that are focused on tech, focused on attraction and things like that, that we're a part of now, that thousands and thousands and tens of thousands of agents across North America are a part of now was not like top of mind at all at that time. And so, the so that you were building was just not compliant with how the, it, the, the, the real estate. That's, right. that's right. And now it is. Now we are, now we're at real broker and there's like not even a, like, it's not even a factor or consideration, but at the time that was not like even a thought. So we had to shut down. Was the concept to go, it was just bigger is better. Let's go. Like, I mean, that, I mean, in my world, I went through a bit of that where I felt bigger was better. And it it wasn't what about quality? It was about perception. It was like my my ego probably got in the way to say like, I Mm -hmm. wanted to have this big mega hundred percent. 100%. Hundred percent. Yeah, and we it gets it gets hounded into us, right? Like, think bigger, dream bigger, like build bigger. You know, all of this. And it's not like I I don't disagree with any of that, but do it with the right due diligence. Do it with the right foundation. Do it with the right model, and make sure that it's the right timing. You know, it's like I think about a conversation that I had this morning with an agent that called me for advice, and they want to build a team, and it's just like I know now being six years into this, it's not the right time for this agent to build a team, but they get, we, we get so stuck in our head 
that that's the next evolution. Like I should build a team. I need to build a team. You know, like that's the iteration of going from a solo agent. Like they, like that's the automatic assumption, but that's not the case. You don't, and you don't need to go from being a really successful, which we were high producing 12, 13 person team to a 20, 25 person team in four locations overnight. Like you don't need to do that without yeah the right foundation without the right plan and model in place. And we just didn't have it. Yeah. So it, and there was like nothing wrong. Like we had, it was amazing. Ever we, we, I mean, our brand presence probably really catapulted during that time because we were growing quickly and, um, and we were very, very, um, it, there was a lot, we, our brand was attracting a lot in the industry at that time. Um, but we, we, it, it wasn't it wasn't the right platform for us to do it in but we are in it now <laughs> yeah. i think so many of us got caught up in that in that for thing. sure and uh, yeah the, there was a period of time with coaching in a lot of the mega coaching groups that really pushed for that and it, and it just got us all hooked and a lot of us didn't think through it and uh didn't even know what we were building I re I remember my my coach at the time, Darren. Like I remember as clear as I can hear my voice right now, him saying to me, Amy, the majority of these teams that have implemented expansion are not profitable. And it was like I literally, because I was so consumed with the, like you said, not even ego, because it wasn't about me. I was, it was like North group ego though. I was like yeah. pumped about our brand. It wasn't like Amy Youngbridge, but I was just like, nope, bigger is better. Profit will come later. Yeah. It, yeah. Anyway. Yeah. You know, what's funny is so I, much I, learning, <laughs> so much learning. <laughs> I'll be on like you, a lot of coaching calls with, with agents and our, like in our ecosystems at our firm or even others. And then they'll be like, Darren, I can do this. I can do this. And then they say, well, Darren, why are you doing this? I'm like, oh, well, well, I did this seven years ago. And, you know, if you'd like to chat about why I've changed, then we could, and then their ears go up. They're like, what do you mean? This isn't the path. And, uh, and for some it is. And for some reasons, like you said, it's the right time. But for many people, yeah. they, they jump into something without putting in because it perception is like, I should do this. Right. Yeah, so. exactly. Now your market has shifted a bit, right? Like your Toronto market, for those in Canada listening, of course, we've all seen the greater Toronto market just go crush for the last, basically, you know, all the way up until like last year, June-ish. And then there was a bit of a yeah. pause and a change. And you guys, you and I talked offline, a bit of shifting going on. It's yeah, not the we, same market that the it great, was. The great right? pause of 2022 was like uh, May to, to January. It was, yeah, it was interesting. So like an agent and you're leading and you're trying to keep your own revenue flowing, like, can you express a little bit about how you guys are fighting through some of the shift and, you know, some things that you guys have deployed uh, either in the new agents or even in yourself to say, mm -hmm. how, do I, how do I keep this volume going when the market isn't just rising all tides, right? You have to, you, you honestly, I mean, I know it gets, it's hounded into us things like the four hour work week and work smarter, not harder, et cetera, et cetera. But you got to just work like three times as hard now you honestly do you if you want to produce at a certain level you have to talk and and match that from from the year prior you have to talk to three times as many people to get this to the same level of, of production if you want your team's production you have to have three times the number of agents because everyone's numbers are just down and so that unless you have like this insane 
um, platform of staff and resources that comes with a lot more focused hard work. It really does. And I, I also think it comes with a lot of simplification. Like we've truly cut out the noise. We've cut out all of the like ancillary, like shiny objects and like things that don't, that cost a lot of extra money uh, from a marketing or whatever perspective that we're not getting immediate results. And so, and we're really back to like simplification, basics. How many people are we talking to? How many contacts have I made? How many emails have I sent? How many text messages? Like we're right down to like granular KPIs right now. And we're and we're collectively accountable to each other on it. And that's moving the needle for, for us. Yeah. So I, I love that. And I love that you shared that because yeah, it is a theme among the top producers. They get it, mm -hmm. right? They go through mm -hmm. that. How do you keep the agents there? Because it is so this this industry, especially social media based, is like distraction mm -hmm. overload, right? Mm -hmm. So you, you, we we coach to that. You're probably doing that. You've mm -hmm. understood that. But there's so much everywhere, right? Mm -hmm. So like, how have you been able to coach the crew to stay down that mm -hmm. path? Just keep it mm -hmm. simple without getting distracted. Anything you can share? I think that it's it's. Um, it's consistency and accountability. So like we operate off of a model, which anybody who comes into our organization knows that we operate off of accountability groups and that kind of resets us every single week. So we, we operate with small group accountability groups that have anywhere from three to five people in them and we meet weekly. And it's not just me holding them accountable. It's them holding themselves accountable and them holding each other accountable. And it's, accountability to what they want to build it's not what north group's goal is it's what their individual goal is and so um and then we and we revert back to that and i mean like this is that's that's a whole conversation around like setting that out and that plan for the year but we do it on a quarterly basis and then we break it down weekly within the quarter so right now we're coming to the end of q2 some are ahead some are on track and some are behind. And then we're having those conversations one-on-one, -on -one, like a business planning, you know, review, audit, not, you know, brainstorm together to reset for Q3. And, and we're doing that quarter on quarter. And I think if I look back, like that's where we're seeing results right now. And we're into, even though we're at the end of Q2, this is the end of the third quarter that we've been operating this way. So we started it last fall and yep. then we did it earlier this year. And now we're in, and that's where I'm seeing the needle move. And I, I wish I would have implemented it two years ago and just never stopped. So yeah. that's what's working. Yeah, well, Matt, that's great that you do that and you have that consistency to it and people can learn from it. You can probably draw a complete linear equation to mm -hmm. the people that are still winning today and keeping up are, are, are versus those that aren't to accountability. Right. Absolutely. There's, like, you mean, we are all, I say this way too often. We're salespeople. We can convince ourselves of anything that we did mm -hmm. enough. But when you have that outside third party coach, mm -hmm. accountability group, mm -hmm. partner, friend, somebody just mm -hmm. to say, I was supposed to do this. I didn't. Mm -hmm. Oh, right. But most people don't reflect on that. They don't want to mm -hmm. see the, the difference. Right. I heard somebody awesome. Um, I don't know if you, if you know who he is or if you follow him, but Dustin Runyon, uh, in the States, I'm, I, my mind's going, I think he's in Arizona somewhere. I don't, I'm not going to articulate it well enough, but, and I, and I should just keep listening back to when he shared with our team about it. But when you lose, when you are accountable to yourself and you meet 
the standard or the commitment that you set out for yourself, you gain confidence because you said you did what you said you were going to do. When you don't, you lose confidence and you lose trust. And that translates then into every other area of our lives. Like we would never hire somebody that we didn't have confidence and trust in. If we can't even have that level of confidence and trust in ourselves how are, and hold ourselves to that standard, how are we going to do the same for buyers, sellers, as team leaders, as entrepreneurs? And so that was the like that analogy about accountability was one of the best I've ever heard. Like you, we hear like self-love, this, whatever, blah, blah, blah. Like, and I'm, I'm all about extreme ownership. Like it's one of our core values of our team. And everyone knows that everything that goes right is my responsibility. Everything that goes wrong is my responsibility. Um, and so just to digress, I hope that when I talked about our failure with expansion, I took full responsibility. I want to make sure that that's very clear in this messaging is that it was no one's fault but my own that I didn't know enough and establish enough of a foundation with my due diligence to make sure that this was the right season and time for our team. Anyways, back to current accountability and extreme ownership. I just, I loved what he said, like that level of trust and confidence. And I thought that was fantastic. You know, that version of that, I think about, because again, I, I keep myself in a, like in pretty strong integrity with my own goals. And I think it's anybody mm -hmm. who's playing at the top of the field mm -hmm. will say that I'm in pretty strong, I'm in alignment with my own integrity. Like if I'm in the basement yeah. doing like hanging leg raises and I'm tired and it's 545 in the morning and I'm supposed to go to 12, but I only go to 10, but I don't push for those extra two in my head. I'm thinking that what you just said, mm -hmm. nobody would know that I didn't do those two, but yeah. I would. Yeah. Right. And, and it's, it's that self-integrity that I think uh, is very powerful. I love that. I love, I love that, that you share that. Who's inspiring you right now in the real estate space? You. <laughs> 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 no. um, I, I, don't, I don't know if it's anybody specifically. I'll be really honest with you. I'm, I'm a little bit tunnel vision right now. I'm in a season where I'm trying to regain clarity on my like what my next five years is going to look like yep. and I think that often we get so caught up like one of the people that uh, that I that has had the biggest impact on me in this business is both um, the president of our company Sharon Srivasa I followed him for years before he ever was a part of real and also Ben Kinney um, but Sharon will say things like fame is the most efficient business model. And, you know, if we want that level of attraction, whether it's buyers, sellers, agents, like clients, whatever that is, or whatever we're trying to attract, then we have to constantly be top of seed, top of mind. But if you're in a position where you're not clear on what your message is, then I think sometimes we have to give ourselves permission to take a break and take a step back while we're like realigning or getting, gaining that clarity. So I'll be really honest with you. I'm in a season right now where I'm actually like not paying a whole lot of attention to what's going on in our industry, other than what I need to be doing day in and day out, because I know what I'm working on. And I think that we can consume, 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 but I'm more focused right now on implementing the, the things that I know I need to be doing, like continuously doing the right next thing. And often, you know, when you say like, who, who's inspiring me, like right now, I'm actually trying to be less inspired. If that, it, I know that sounds absolutely crazy. I'm 
I've spent many years being inspired by everyone and everything around me. And now I'm in like very simple mode, like just implementation of what I know works and what the right next thing is for me, my life and my business and my family. Um, so don't get me wrong. Like I'm consuming content. I like, I am consuming content. I am, but I'm being very, very careful with what I'm listening to and, and how, you know what? I'm, I'm glad you were transparent with that. Cause I think I'm in the same season as you. And I, when you share that, it, it does resonate with me and it's mm-hmm. okay. I think a lot of agents need to to hear that from leaders like yourself to say, it's okay to, to pause and to look mm-hmm. inward and to, to, to put the tunnel vision and the blinders on and, and really just execute. And I'm in that same boat, the same boat with a lot of what I do. Cause mm-hmm. I feel like I've got you over consume and you can, you can get derailed from the, yeah, the bigger vision. 100%. And, yeah. And, uh, yeah. We're, I'm in that way personally with my property investing, right? Mm-hmm. Like that's a big part. My, most of my net worth is investment based. It's not mm-hmm. commission based. Mm-hmm. It's certainly mm-hmm. not like rev share based mm-hmm. and other things. It's, mm-hmm. it's property investing. So when I look and I'm at 41, I'm looking, what am I going to have at 65? Yeah. Right. And, and I'm tunnel visioned on that. It doesn't yeah. matter who's sharing what podcast for me anymore. Yeah. It's, yeah. Does this align with that? And uh, yeah. and that's okay, right? It is okay. And it's okay to re- recognize that there's seasons. And there's, you, I'm sure I'll go back into a season where I'm like, you know, absorbing everyone and everything around me and all the, and the content and all the, so I just, I'm a lot more particular right now with how I spend my time. And I also have a lot on my plate. So I don't have a lot of time for, you know, I don't have a lot of time to read. I don't have a lot of time to listen to long like longer podcasts or things like that. So I'm very strategic with, you know, I'll work out and listen to a podcast. I'll walk the dog and listen to, you know, a short version of or part of a podcast or I'm returning calls and things like that. So um, I I read something once uh, just not too, too long ago where it just said like, the the crux of it was read less but implement more because we're so all so guilty about like you're listening to this podcast right now. Well, what nugget are you going to take from it and only take one, but then do something with it. We read these books and then they go back and I'm guilty of it. I'm I'm not, I'm not pointing the finger and preaching to myself and I'm the choir. Like (laughs) I, I, we were guilty of reading these books and then never, and never imparting anything that we actually read into our lives or our businesses. So just take small pieces of something, like even if you read the same book all year, but you actually like took a couple of nuggets from it and your life changed because of it, that would, we'd all be further ahead. We all would be. Yeah. You know, the guys that are master executors are doing that right they'll yeah. I mean, and, and 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 that's what puts them so far ahead so mm-hmm. uh, amy you and i could tra- chat on a thousand things for i know i feel like we could, i feel like there's a lot more we could talk about maybe you'll and have I've, me back one day <laughs> yes i would you know it's been a while we've been having a hard time to get this together You're, as you can tell she's tunnel vision she's got her shit together she's one to follow i'm i'm really so really happy. grateful to be a part of the company with you and what we're yeah, partners in business And uh, thanks for spending all this amazing time with us on this and sharing like a lot of what you did today. Um, The best way to follow you and your journey for those listening and to, to potentially partner with you if, if they're not already with us at real, I mean, where's the best place to find you? 
Instagram is at Amy Youngren underscore. It's yeah, that's the best way. But I mean, I'm easily found found on my our website, northgroup.com. Call text 416-624-8854. I'm an open book. So I'm happy to help however I can. Awesome. I know you got to run to another incredible meeting after this. So uh, I can't wait to see you in, well, I guess October, likely down. We will definitely see each other in October, for sure. All right. Well, with that, everybody, (laughs) it's been another Reeducation Experience podcast. Thanks, Amy, for being here. Thanks for listening, for those of you on, and we'll see you all next time.